0: Hello, and welcome to the All Things Narrative podcast, where we explore the relationships between the stories we love and the stories we live. I'm your host, Derek Hatch, and let's get started. All right, we're back at the top of the month. It is September, and wherever you're at, whether you're going back to school or whether you're getting ready for fall and pumpkin spice lattes, this is the place to be. I appreciate you so much for stopping by and joining us for another episode of the All Things Narrative podcast. It's specifically the story of, where we dive in to someone's life story. And if you've been listening to this episode or you just stopped by as a visitor here today and we're thinking, I don't really have a story to tell. I'm here to tell you that at All Things Narrative, we believe that everyone, everyone has a story to tell. And if you wanna learn how to tell your story, I don't care if you're in business or if you're a creative, an artist, whatever it is that you're into, storytelling skills and learning to tell your story can help you immensely better making sense of your life being able to live more intentionally and even connecting with other people. Because have you just ever listened to someone tell their story and you just like feel that connection with them, you know, and, and maybe you'll feel that with our guests here today. But if any of those things interest you, then allthingsnarrative.com is where you gotta go. It's in the show notes and we do workshops. We do one-on-one coaching if you have a group of people and storytelling can just really help us better connect with one another or whatever it is, then yes, allthingsnarrative.com is where you got to go. And also check us out on Facebook and Instagram. So that way you could stay up to date with everything we're doing. And if you're an email person, we just started a mailing list called the weekly chapter. So if you want to get on the weekly chapter and just uh, be immersed in the all things narrative space, then go and sign up for that at all enough talking about myself. I am here to bring on my guest, you guys, everybody out there. This is going to be good. This is going to be a good time here because I got the one and only Shem Francis yes, in the sir. house.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: So my guest today, Mr. Shem Francis. Yes, sir. Is a dedicated teacher, Mm -hmm. spoken word artist. Mm -hmm. And as we're gonna talk about today, a successful Mm. local entrepreneur Mm. right here in the South Florida area. So we talk about him starting his own clothing company for his glory. Yes, sir. So there's obviously things about you that draw us together. right? You know, the teaching background, being, you know, we're words people. We Mm -hmm, love poetry, mm -hmm, spoken word.
1: 100%.
0: And now we're both entrepreneurs. 100%. You know, so there's a lot that brings us together. And so whenever Shem and I get to talk, it's a good time. I was blessed (laughs) to be on Shem's podcast. So So for the record. So So if you want to check out his podcast and the great work that he's doing on there, check that out. That's Iv. Mm-hmm. For like the Roman numeral, right, Roman four. the record, yes. um, which is man, you're so good with names, <laughs> so good with names. So, Just keep the
1: IV in there, man. And we're good keep to the go. IV. You know, the Lord knows, man. The Lord knows.
0: Yeah. So, how you doing, man? I'm doing
1: well, man. I'm doing well. You know, definitely blessed, man. Happy to be here. Happy to be on your podcast. I'm not gonna lie. I've been I've been kind of waiting for my invite, bro. <laughs> I mean, went impatiently just in the corner like man I'm gonna get my invite soon so it's, I'm glad I'm here man I'm glad I'm here to, to yeah to chop it I was up like <laughs> I was like
0: Shem I've got a list and it's like a list of three years worth of mm. you know guests so it's like I've got like proverb on there yes. we know you know so I've got a I've got a list I'm shout working out to Prov, so, man. Shout yeah out to Prov. shout out yes sir so, yeah it's gonna be a good time we're, excited, we're doing man. this so yeah, it's gonna be good for yeah. sure man so I guess what maybe a good place to start mm-hmm. is just talking about your origin story, if okay. you will. Okay. So you've got these passions, mm-hmm. you've got these skills. Right. You've got teaching, mm-hmm. poetry, the right. creative side, you've got the business side. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got that that podcast that host, that energy. Yeah. I wanna kinda kinda know a little bit, like where did your your passions for these? Where did they kind of start, you know?
1: Man. All right. Are we going to childhood? Where are we going? Where yeah, are we going? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, How far man. back we need to go. We go. All right. So so growing up, right, for those, well, no one knows. <laughs> no one's going to know. <laughs> I was, so I was born in the UK, you know, mm-hmm. born and raised in the UK. Um, you know, I came to America when I was around nine or ten. Mm-hmm. And leaving Your place of origin and coming to a new area, that whole belonging, that sense of belonging becomes a huge. It's like a huge crisis that you have, right? And I struggle with that crisis. Um and it manifested in me not having a voice.
0: Mm, interesting. So uh, so I
1: always found myself struggling to find my voice. And it was always something that I really wanted. I yearned to yeah. have a voice, to to belong to, have a way to express myself. So I, I would find myself honestly as a young person just kind of like writing things. No, not full thoughts, but okay. just kind of writing things here and there. Yeah. Um, as I got older, those thoughts became more, you know, I would say more fuller. But I think the the main thing what happened for me was this was in 2011 as a matter of fact so we're fast forwarding now we're sure. going through college where you know still trying to find a voice now I'm writing poetry now in college yeah, yeah. you know you go through heartache things happen you start writing um but in 2011 um, I had a friend of mine as a matter of fact see my journal full of poetry mm. he's like man it's time for you to actually start sharing that poetry. I was like, man, I was nervous, still didn't have that voice, still was kind of like, you know, I don't know about doing this, but I did. I went yeah. to um, I went to a show, um, it was, oh my gosh, if I got the name of the show, it was, called, it was at the Hook House, as a matter of fact, on uh, downtown Lake Worth.
0: Okay, Hookah okay.
1: House, it's, it's not even Hook House anymore, it's something totally different. Okay. Um, shared my first poem, and literally the rest was history, man. Just really wow. kind of getting that, the response, it was validating, man. That was yeah. a key thing. So, the First time really sharing my voice, it was validated, and that validation is kind of like sparked all of this creativity, all of this, like, oh my gosh, I can do this, yeah. you know. So, from 2011 to 2016, like, poetry was my thing, like, that was my bread and butter. That's everything yeah. I did, you know, that's kind of where it was. And then, yeah,
0: hold on, let's can we stay there for a few let's minutes? Let's stay there, man. Yeah, so okay. So you were born in the UK. Yes. You moved here. Yes. What made you guys move here?
1: Mother and father split up, man. Oh, Mother
0: wow. Mother and father okay. split. It yeah, was, I was like, I think there's yeah, a story there. Yeah, of course.
1: There's definitely a story there, man. So, you know, mom and pops. Matter of fact, mom and pops split before I was born. They mm. split. But it was just bad, you know? Yeah. It, was, it was one of those things where... You know, they were having their arguments. It was it was it wasn't a healthy environment, right? Yeah. And, you know, my mother just said, you know what, I, I need to make a future for my kids. And she made a very challenging move to, yes. to bring us from the UK uh to here. You know, we, we came here and we struggled.
0: So so why why Florida?
1: My grandmother was here.
0: Okay. So you knew that. So didn't my Yeah, so here. we knew so okay. my grand
1: my grandmother was here. Um, you know, she, you know, encouraged her mom at the time to to come over, you know, my mother did, you know, we tried to find a new life, Uh, you know, here in Florida, man, it, it was, it was challenging, you know, one of the things, you know, people often ask me, like, what happened to your English accent, right, so, yeah. you know, so I'm a, you know, <laughs> so I'm a kid who I go from being like in the rough part of England coming to a rough part in Florida and Miami, you know, it's okay. Carroll City. Yeah. They weren't having a black dude with an English <laughs> accent. They weren't having it, man. Hey, they, well, they, you, know, they... <laughs> you know, you know, I dress Elba now, right? right. So yeah, it's cool I'm like, now. I'm like, it's now it's cool. like, the guy, you know, he's the cool guy, but they used to call me, um, what's his name from Fresh Prince? Jeffrey from Fresh oh, Prince. Oh, Joe, no, not Jeffrey. <laughs> so oh. He used to call me Jeff from Fresh Prince, and I'm like, no. So I was intentional. that's hard. I was intentional, oh, that's
0: that's I was
1: intentional about, like, Getting rid of that accent, bro. Which I how? regret now. I'm like,
0: man, I should have kept
1: that. You should have kept. But I mean, you, know, you have a great voice. Right, right. But, but you know, how it, do you, it,
0: how do you get rid of an accent?
1: Man, you just emulate the American accent. Really? It was like literally. It's so funny. I look back at it now. I used to watch episodes of Jerry Springer.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. As a, as a kid. Oh my just, gosh. It <laughs> just like that was your t- that was because <laughs> in England that's all we knew. We knew we knew Jerry Springer. And then we knew the cowboy movies, man. That for, me, for us that was, that, was, that was America. That wow, was America. That was America, you know. So yeah. we so we, I tried to emulate that accent to the to the best of my ability, man, and it just became a natural one for me. How long
0: did it take until you woke up in the morning and said good morning and it went from British good morning to good morning?
1: I think probably like a few months. Probably it's a few. It's not a lot
0: of time, it's honestly. Not. Wow. But see,
1: because I was young enough to where I could adapt? You know, I was younger to rock. And for me, it was such it was such a social contract so, to have that so accent.
0: So to bring it back to what you said earlier, though, it's interesting because you made a choice yeah. to move away from this accent. Right. Did you want to give it up?
1: No. I felt coerced. For me, it was, it was a social contract. It was yeah. either keep the accent, have no friends, continue to get made fun of, or... Get rid of the accent yeah. and get your friends. And was there
0: anything else at that time that you had to let go of? Um, Maybe that you didn't want to, but you did.
1: I don't think in the sense of, you know, you think about accents or culture. I didn't have to let go of that. But it was more so I had to let go of my right. And this just sounds so weird. This is like therapy yeah. in terms of like where I've been. I had to let go of my right to be respected. Whoa. Because... I wanted to fit in so bad, which ties into why my voice was so muted at a young age. Right, yeah. It's all coming full it's circle. It's all coming full yeah. circle. You want to fit in so bad. So so that became the pinnacle of my experience as a child, man. So it was like, I got to fit in. Well, to fit in, you got to become whatever they want you to become. You understand what I'm saying? You got to kind of you know change your accent. You got to kind of change how you, you know, you know, in a, in a sense, command respect. So, so those things definitely were, you know, um, yeah. a part a part of the package deal, if you will. Yeah, yeah, man.
0: So this theme, mm-hmm. if we could call this a theme in your life, right. of belonging, hundred percent. You know, is 100%. very important. That you didn't just want to fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, you wanted to belong. With this theme of belonging, mm-hmm. I'm curious, what really inspired you to push mm. forward? towards because it seemed like you know you were writing these poems and mm-hmm. you were doing these mm-hmm. things yeah. and there was this part of you that was saying even though i'm in this narrative right now yeah i don't believe i always will be right i see the possibility of a new better right. alternative narrative 100%. out there what inspired you what was that that sustained you and and kept you moving towards that narrative even when it didn't look like it was even possible.
1: You know, this gonna be funny how I say it and forgive if I'm not saying it right. I had a healthy disgust of where I was at. Okay. It it wasn't like self-hate, it wasn't nothing like that. It was just kind of like, man, you know, you know when you when you're in your mind and you're like, there's so much I know I can do. Yes. And it's like there's something that's stopping me. Yes. I just got tired of being stopped. Wow. And I said, you know what? Even if I fail, bro, I was like, I'm going to do it. That Mm -hmm. first step, that first poem shared, 2011, never forget it. Yeah. That was my first, that was me saying, you know what? I'm choosing this new life. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, if I'm going even deeper with this, I had a student who, um, at the time, was also into poetry and was also sharing poetry. Yeah. And seeing him being so young and so bold to share the poetry, I was like, you know what, man? I can do this. So my student
0: inspired me. Wow. And you had the friend also. Exactly. It. So it looks like, it sounds like there's people. 100%. That were, were there. 100%. Um, yeah. And that's important because when we do have a narrative that mm-hmm. we we want for our lives, yeah. We have to look around and say, who are the people that are supporting me
1: and moving me towards 1, that direction? You know, which
0: is what we'll talk about with an entrepreneur as well. Yeah. It's like when you have an idea for something, yeah. who are the people that are rallying around you yeah. saying, you know, yes, yeah. you could do it. And for me, yeah. you're one of those people. Oh, praise God. That, so, that's, that's dope. That's um, dope. But it sounds like you were teaching at this time. Yes. At the time that you were beginning to write and perform mm-hmm. these poems. Mm-hmm. So before we kind of go to the entrepreneur stuff, right. what got you into teaching?
1: My dad. I say that with, with ease. Yeah. So um, so I knew I wanted to be a teacher when in sixth grade, everyone was cheating off of me, man.
0: Yeah. Oh, I can relate to that. I can relate to that.
1: I'm like I must be really good at this math thing because <laughs> everyone wants my answers, bro. So I knew then that I wanted to teach, but it didn't really, didn't really, um, I would say stick until 2002. I went to see my dad. Okay, right? Who was still
0: in the UK? Who was still right? in the UK? Okay. Still in the
1: UK right now. I went to see him, and my dad's a teacher. Okay, math teacher. Okay. And to see the love he got from students, that his former students, like he was respected in the city, man. Wow, wow. To see, like, you know, to, to be out with him, um, you know, to, you know, we'll go to the, to the store. Mr. Francis, man, thank you so much. Da, 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 da. We'll go, I'm playing soccer with him. He sees, a, sees someone, one of his students, you know, come out and say hi to him. Like seeing that respect he got, seeing that yeah. impact he had, I'm like, man, I want that. So so for me, like knowing that I was good at math and then seeing the influence my dad had, I was like, there was no doubt about it. I wanted to be a teacher, you know?
0: So as a teacher, Mm -hmm. how do you create an environment where a student can truly belong?
1: Oh, you know, it's crazy because I didn't feel belong when I was coming up. My main goal in teaching is to make my students feel belong. Above, yeah. listen, and I always say this. I, love it. I always say this. I always, it's always um, more than math. is like kind of like my my mantra for yeah, you know, for being in the classroom right, because right. man, these kids will leave your class. They won't they won't remember the quadratic formula or integrals. They won't remember that stuff, right? But they will remember how they felt in your class,
0: yeah. right? So
1: for me to create that environment of belonging, the, the, I think the key thing that I do is. I empower my students. Yeah, I always tell them, hey, listen, I know I'm the teacher, but I'm not always right. So if you have an opinion that's different than mine, share your opinion, right? Wow. Yeah. If a student is struggling with, with work, I say, listen, we don't make fun of anyone who's struggling. Right? Yeah. We help them. That's what we do. So what I do is I create an environment where my students know that they're validated, number one, and yeah. that their voice has impact, not only on the students, but on me too. When my students know that, hey, the words you say to me impact me, They take more ownership of the class. They take more ownership of the content, right? So I think for me, that's one of the main things, man. making my students feel validated, number one, and then giving them the power to be self advocates, too, man. Yeah. You know, so that, I mean, we have so much fun in the classroom.
0: And that, I can't stress enough how important that is, what you just said. Yeah. Because is it okay if I share a quick quick little story? Of course, of course. So when I was in eighth grade, um, I got to go to the high school to Mm -hmm. do geometry. Oh wow! Um, and so doing ninth grade math in eighth grade, right? Right. right Since right. they didn't have anyone in the middle school who could do it, they would we'd go to the mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine what it's like being in eighth grade on a high school campus. Oh my gosh, um, it's, it's very nerve wracking, right? Um, but there was a group of us. So, but now we go to this class, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a class that's mixed with high school students. So there's ninth graders in there, tenth 10th graders, graders in oh there. Oh gosh. Yeah. So you're already like super, so you already don't feel like <laughs> right. you belong, right? So <laughs> right, right, this right. teacher, it's really important that they teach with that awareness, right? Of course. But let me tell you what happened. Cause this, this might be one of the worst education experiences I ever had. Oh, man. We, we would take a test and then based on how we scored on the test, they would group us and see us. But it gets worse than that. Because let's say we did a test on Friday. Yeah. Don't know how we did. Right. We come back on Monday morning Seems and he strange. says, All right, everybody, line up on Jeez. the wall. And then this is what he'll do. He'll start from the one side of the room, because it was like a like a U shape, right? Going around the room, the tables. So you start from the, the side of the room. And he would literally like seat people based on the highest score to the lowest score. And everybody in the class knew what was happening probably about by the second or third time of this. Oh. So literally you knew a ranking of how everybody did on their test.
1: Imagine being that last and
0: seat. I was the last oh, seat no. several times or last oh, table man. several times. And here's the thing. I was used to being good at school. You know, I was A's, B's, oh, but this is the only class out of elementary, middle school and high school that I ever got a C on the report card. For. Right, right. Um, Cause I failed most of those tests
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's
0: because you would have to be at your table and you'd have to, like the whole idea was like, you have to figure it out, you know? And then if I tried to go and ask another student for help, he would rebuke you and tell you to go back. He'd be like, nope, I don't want you over there. So it was literally <laughs> <What>? like, <laughs> I'm not playing with you, man. This was a, a class, a cast system. Sorry. The it, class was cast system. System. it was a cast. It was a cast in the class. Yes. Yes.
1: It's oh, terrible, And it's man. like,
0: you know, how are you supposed to belong? Oh, my god! How are you supposed gosh. to feel like you belong in that
1: situation? That is tough, man. So oh, bad teaching. Oh <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Listen, if you were if you're an educated listener like this, do not ever do that. Please. Wow, man. Yeah.
0: That I've never had a teacher that's done anything like that. And wow. I've, you know? And yeah, it sucked. That sucked. So all that to say, wow. what you said about belonging. Yes. I, I can't stress enough, yeah. create those environments where that, you have and, to. and part of like helping people belong is to not shame people. 100%. So,
1: yeah, man, I, I think it's key. You know, one thing in the classroom that I do is, you know, I, I purposely look for those students who are the quiet ones, you know, and I, I try my best to validate them, try my best to, you know, really just, you know, get to a point where they feel like, wow, I'm valued. Yeah. You know, because oftentimes the quiet ones just fall under the radar. Right. You know, but it's like, if you let them feel like they're being valued, man, that they have an impact in the classroom. Like it is, it's amazing. Right. It's amazing, man.
0: When you were doing these spoken word, Mm -hmm. you know, these, I don't know if they were open mics or shows. Yeah, open mics. uh huh? But, you know, you've been to a good open mic where there is that environment and atmosphere of belonging there.
1: Oh, 100%. And
0: it's completely different than if you go to an open mic where it's. I don't want to say the pressure, but it, but oh it no, is, you, you know? feel the pressure, and it, and and you've got the 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 host that's kind of like uh, okay, moving on, right, right you know, right, um, yeah, it's like that when I used to do band stuff too. You you would know, like there'd be some some promoter, some host, yeah, and, man, you know, so. So as we're talking about teaching, doing spoken word, yeah. coming to America, yeah. finding belonging, finding yeah. your voice, right. right? Right. How does that, how do all those things lead to you becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Mm. If I can think of one word, man, it's resilience. Yeah. Yeah. In all of those things, right? in developing my voice and in, in teaching in coming to America and not feeling like I belonged. Yeah. It's just for entrepreneurship, it is a constant um choice to persevere and to be resilient, man. Yeah. You know, when you think about business, it's nothing more than knowing how to problem solve. I yeah. mean, yeah. In, in whatever yeah, if so whatever true. area and whatever your industry is, man. It's just problem solving, right? right That's right. really what it boils down to, and it may manifest in different, you know, aspects, different products, different services, but it's all problem solving. But it's the character behind entrepreneurship that really makes an entrepreneur, right? Right. right. And for me, it's the resilience aspect, man. Just really being at a place where, at every juncture, there was an opportunity for me to quit, where there was, you know, trying to fit in, where there right. was, you know, you know, the poetry scene, where you're not really getting the. Quote unquote, you know, accolades, or you're not really getting seen, right? Those yeah. things can really take a toll. Of course, we don't do it for those things, but yeah. you know, it could take a toll on, on you, Absolutely. right? So, just being resilient in those areas, man, I think that's really been the, the biggest one. And also, being confident that you have something to say. Yeah. Being confident that you can actually contribute. To the world, to people, you know? So, so I think that's a huge so, one. So that
0: idea of what you want to say. Mm-hmm. So how did you... When did you know that? What did that that journey look like towards realizing you had something to say and realizing, hmm, this is how I can say it? In
1: poetry, in entrepreneurship, in, in, what, what yeah, yeah, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so for me, in poetry, it was really, man, when I was sharing that first poem, people came up to me and was like, yo that really spoke to me. Yeah. And then I realized, oh snap, what I'm saying is really what others are feeling.
0: Yeah. So
1: knowing there was a connection there, knowing that the words that I was going through, things that I was processing in my mind was actually beneficial to people, that just set me off to know, okay, these words just don't belong tucked away in some journal, mm-hmm. right? That someone else is actually going through that. So for me, my, the poetry kind of became an avenue to not only just express myself, but also to help others heal, mm-hmm. right? Help others process. So so in, in the poetry sense, it was more, okay, you know, I'm helping not only just, you know, myself by expressing it, but helping other people, you know, kind of, um, you know, I would say identify with their own story. Yeah. You know, now entrepreneurship, you know, just being, you know, a faith based, you know, company that I am, for me, it's if I'm edifying you through whatever the designs are, you know, like that right there is just, I mean, for me, it's one of the greatest joys when, you know, I got someone who's in New Zealand saying, I got baptized in your shirt. Wow. Like that is like, yo, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. So those things, our affirmations to me that you know God is doing something through me, man, and that's what. keeps So it me sounds going. like
0: during the the spoken word time, mm-hmm. that's when it sounds like you were starting to not only find your voice but find out the message 100%. that you wanted to say.
1: One hundred percent.
0: So, and is it fair to say that the message is for His glory? Yes. So, can you unpack a little yeah, bit so, of, of what so, that is?
1: So, for me, you know, I came to Christ when I was nineteen years old, mm-hmm. right? Before then, I was. Heavily into Rastafarianism. Okay, okay. Heavily into Rastafarianism. So you know, the dreadlocks. You know, the the, the full the full culture. I still want to see a picture still, of that? I gotta I'm show in. you. I gotta show you. I gotta show you. Yeah. Um, you know, just fully into that. Um. And and for me, that the greatest pull, you know, to my faith was a real and authentic relationship. Right. So in everything that I do, I want people to see a real and authentic relationship, bro. I, I, I'm actually repulsed by any type of air of perfection, any type of yeah. thing, like it, it's, it, it bothers me. It really bothers me because yeah. I'm like, man, we know we're imperfect. So why the heck are we trying to mm-hmm. put on this facade of perfection, right? So, yeah. so in everything that I do, in terms of like you know entrepreneurship, in terms of the poetry and its messages, like how can I show a real struggle, but then show a real God. Right. Right. And that's that's really the theme. Human struggle, perfect God, real God, right? And that manifests through the poetry, through the designs, you know, people will see, man, you know, one of our yeah. proper designs. So yeah, yeah, yeah. how did
0: so once you realized you had this message? Mm-hmm. When did you realize that clothing was going to be the the avenue of bringing that message? You know,
1: I never wanted to do clothing. I, I wish I could say put on a big speaker, put an effect on that. <laughs> I never wanted to do clothing, bro. It was not. It wasn't even in my horizons. Yeah. So I was literally asked to share a spoken word at one of my friend's church, uh, churches. Right, so I go there, share the spoken word piece, and I felt okay. My job is done. Like. Yeah. Poetry is my thing. That's it. Right, right. And then the 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 pastor who was there was like, "Shem, the the Lord put on my heart that you're supposed to make shirts with cool sayings on them." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Man, get out of here!" Like, I'm not. No, I was very skeptical of those things, man. I'm like, I'm not yeah, really with sure. that. Like, whatever. So I sat on that for a while, a good while. Uh huh. Then I had a dream. Oh, it's the
0: dreams, bro.
1: It's where they get you. I had a dream okay. that I was the owner of a successful clothing business, and that business name was For His Glory.
0: Wow. Kid
1: you not. So I went, and story gets crazy. So I wake up, it was, so this, this dream happened on Friday night. Okay. I wake up Saturday morning, and I start doodling.
0: Yeah. You know. Now, uh, did you? Were you like into drawing and doodling like before? Or? No. I'm,
1: wow. I can't, I can't draw. Fascinating. I can't draw. So yeah. I'm doodling like logos for his glory for whatever the case may be. That Saturday I had to be at um, Renee's house. Oh, okay. So this Renee's a part of story. At Renee's, house, we were doing this thing at the at the bridge at the time called um, the Truth Project.
0: Okay, I remember right? that. Uh huh.
1: So I put this in my pocket. I go to the Truth Project to watch the video. The video is talking about creativity, right? Creating for God, and I, don't, I forget I forget which composer it was. I always forget the name, but the teacher said um, at the beginning of his comp- composure, I don't know what it's called, but they're writing on like <laughs> writing the music, right? Yeah,
0: composition. Composition.
1: Yeah. He would always put SDG on top of it.
0: Oh, that sounds like Bach. Bach. Yeah. There you go. And
1: SDG stands for Soli Deo Gloria. Right. Which means For His Glory Alone. Yeah, right. So when he said that, I was like, stop the video. (laughs) I I said, stop the
0: video, Renee. I can picture that. And I took out the
1: paper. And I said, I had a dream that I had a COVID company called For His Glory Alone. And I showed him the thing, bro. So it was like the pastor said what he said. Uh The dream Friday night, going to the thing Saturday morning, I said okay. What did people say when you
0: pulled that Yo, out? Yo,
1: they were like dropped, like jaws dropped, Yo, know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, snap. I was like, alright, God. Alright. Cool. Wow. So that was the start of Forest Glory, bro. I, clothing
0: was not on my horizons at all, man. So... So, you had to learn because you design your designs on a computer because yeah. you got to get them on the shirts. Yeah. So, you had to learn oh my to do all oh
1: that. Oh, my God. See,
0: it, that's like the opposite of a lot of entrepreneur stories where it's like, oh, I'm good at this already. Uh, right. How can I make money? I off was it?
1: not good at none you of were, it.
0: Wow.
1: It was literally, but I say, I I truly believe, bro, that this brand, this ministry is a mission from God. I don't say had to be like arrogant or like self seeking. Like, no. I truly. Because I didn't want it.
0: And you didn't times, want it? <laughs> I didn't
1: want it. Period. Period. And there are times where I'm like, God, I still don't want this thing, man, because it's so challenging at times, yeah. right? So yeah, having to start from ground zero, making the wackest designs. Bro, the first designs of Forest Glory oh my were gosh. terrible. Wow. Terrible. Having to learn how to work a program, work a software, how to, learning how to like source clothing, All of these things were.
0: Did you you have any connections to the clothing? Zero. Wow. This just gets better and better.
1: Zero connections, bro. So I'm ground zero saying, God, okay, you have told me to do this. I'm being obedient. It's a story of obedience. I'm being obedient. So here it is. I had to learn YouTube. YouTube University was my <laughs> was my thing. I started off on like terrible platforms and got better platforms and got my own website. So, you know, the story of the brand man is really a story of resilience every step of the way. Wow! Because I could have quit so many times.
0: What's, so many what's a, times. What's um? Do you have a particular moment that you that comes to mind where you were like, this this could be the end?
1: Year one. A oh, a whole year, I sold fifteen shirts for a whole year. Think wow. about that. You're posting. You're trying to get your name out. Da, 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 da. You sell fifteen shirts for an entire year. It's like, God, this is this is a joke. Yeah. Like you don't. You know,
0: fifteen shirts.
1: Fifteen shirts. First year, and most is coming from my family. Literally, my my wife. When I was feeling down, we're going buy a shirt, bro. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> like, like oh, that, thats literally like where it was started from. Fifteen nothing. shirts
0: in one year. So that's like uh, about a shirt a month. A shirt you a know? month. And you're—I'm sure it was very exciting. When oh that did happen. man,
1: you hit a little ding. You're like,
0: ooh. You know what I'm saying? It was. It was exciting. Cuz were you now were you selling your shirts were you going places and selling your shirts or were you doing it all online or a mix of both? It was
1: so so my so my first the platform I was on. I won't I won't name the platform. Okay. <laughs> I don't want you to get sued. Sure. <laughs> for, sure. For what I'm about to say. But the first platform that I was on, um they pretty much took care of the entire process, right? Okay. I would upload the design, they would pack it, they would ship it, right? So there was really no upfront cost on my end, right? But, uh, but yeah, I wasn't holding any type of inventory at that point okay. in year one. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So did you just have, like, a couple of your shirts, like, yeah, you so you kind of would show people? Right. Like, hey, I would literally,
1: like, you know, do a mock-up, you yeah. know, like, get a blank shirt online, Google it, and just put the design on it. It was terrible. It was...
0: It was bad, man. Yeah, you know. I, yeah, I know. I know some guys who who do shirts, yeah. and they talk about how you know the whole vinyl, the yeah, process, yeah, like it's yeah. Just, it's meticulous. It's just, like right. I, I, like I have a QR code on this shirt. Right. I didn't realize how terrible that was uh, to put a QR code hard, on a man. shirt. It's
1: hard. You so know? so just learning the process. You yeah. Know, really appreciating the process, but yeah. So first year was definitely like, okay, God, like, what is going on here, man? And then being at a place where. You know, when you look at, um, I would say manufacturing costs. Uh-huh. You look at profit loss.
0: Yeah, and you're like, gosh, like, why am I doing this? Yeah,
1: you know, so it, it's so like, you
0: weren't making any money that first no, year. No, no, not at all,
1: not at all. I mean, honestly, the brand really didn't start to kick up until COVID, which is the most interesting thing. Oh, interesting. That when when brands were dying. That's where Forrest Glory really started like making a now, major Now, push. how
0: long had you had it before COVID started? How many years? Five years. So you, so this is, so hold on, let's stop here for a second. <laughs> so this is five years of putting yes. everything into everything. it and getting very little. Very little return. In return. Very little return.
1: Like. Wow. Like, thank God I had a full-time job.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like your wife was supporting you oh, through that, man. which that we can't underestimate. We cannot ex- underestimate. If you're spouse, listening, Sharice, yep.
1: thank you for putting up with me <laughs> during this time because yeah. it, it was it was tough, man.
0: Having that support from family oh, and loved ones my is gosh. so key when you're starting it is, something. It is
1: instrumental. So. It is essential, man. Because to go out on a limb to to and to do things where you're not seeing results. It's so challenging, bro. Yeah. To be at a place where you're like, yo, I know that there's something here, but I'm not seeing the fruit of it right now. And to still keep going, you know. Yeah,
0: because I'm sure in those five years, you had exciting moments and victories. Yes, 100%. And things where you were like, this is great. 100%. But it sounds like when COVID hit, something changed. Something changed. And what was that?
1: One design. And even that design... Had a setback. So it's okay. Let's go there. Okay. So there was a design that I had that I was very passionate about. The design said this at first, when everything fell through, God came through. Yeah. That was which is now one of my the best sellers. So that design I sent to the printer, he printed the shirts. I got the shirts back. They were Terribly printed.
0: Was that like on you or on them? On them. Okay, okay.
1: Terribly printed. I said, man, this is not the design I want. It looks bad. Very terrible job. Yeah. And they were like, okay, we'll do it again. In that moment, I was like, I'm going to tweak the design a little bit. Right? Okay. So think about it now. The brand wasn't doing well. And that job had caught, I think like, it was like a, probably like a $1,000 job. Right? So it's expensive, an expensive, expensive wow. job. Lost all that money. Wow. Right? So that was another the place. Like, you know, man, this is over. Like, forget it. Right? Yeah. But I kept going. I said, no, this design is important to me. Created that design the way I wanted it to be. Right? Yeah. Kind of a revamp. That design, um, you know, went online, you know, and it literally changed the course of the brand. One design. I kid you not. Wow, that design to date has netted me over six figures. That one design, Dang. so that was the turning point in the entire brand, and it was like so. In twenty ten, I keep going back and forth. Twenty ten, no, no, this is good. Twenty ten, I was, um, I was, I was <laughs> like some, some, some network marketing type of like thing, trying to yeah. make some money, right? Sure, sure. And this guy who was, you know, one of the top guys in the company. Gave a story about, this, about about the bamboo tree. And the bamboo tree takes basically five years to really grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first four years, all you're doing is nurturing the soil. Mm. No growth. Minimal growth. Wow. In the first four seasons. It probably grows like, they say, like a few centimeters yeah. in the first four seasons. But in the fifth season, it grows over 91 centimeters oh my in gosh. that fifth season. Wow. So I've always, and I, I thank God for sharing that story with me when he did because it was like that kept me going. I yeah. was like bamboo tree, bamboo tree. I knew that there was no growth for the first four years of the brand, mm-hmm. right? You go from 2015 to 2019, no growth. Wow. And then 2020 comes. And then you go from making, you know, 10 grand a year then, Boom. It goes to fifty. Then the year after that, six figures. This year, way past six figures. And Jeez. it's like
0: oh my gosh. You brought up something that's really key there. Mm-hmm. So from that 2015 to that 2019 to yeah. 2020, you know, that, that yeah. whole period of time. Yeah. You know, you had stories like the bamboo one that sustained you. Right. Um, and you had like dream the dream that yeah. launched you into this. Yeah. Was there anything that God or anyone had given you in those years? Mm-hmm. That kept you going.
1: Honestly, man, God, yes, hundred percent. You know, I, like you I, felt
0: like God was telling right, you. I credit God. Keep going. I, I
1: credit God up top. Of course, he yeah. was there, and he used people, bro. Yeah, he used people, man. People who would, you know, because there, there was a point in the brand where I wasn't even posting about any clothing anymore. I was dedicated to posting like content about the spirituality. Just yeah, I remember. Like, I remember. It that was period. like months mm-hmm. where you saw no clothing. Yeah, because I, I wasn't selling. Right. 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 So I was like, you know what? Even though I'm not selling, I'm still gonna add value to people, man. Yeah. And during those times to hear people support, hear how things are changing their lives, you know, and, and hearing how God was, you know, using these messages to actually impact them, man. It was like, okay, I'm gonna keep going. Because from the beginning I didn't want this, right? So it was so for me, it was always a mission of obedience. You know, the passion has literally come for the past couple of years with this. I wasn't passionate about Forest Glory, man. It was kind of like, I'm just kind of being obedient yeah, to Yeah, you're it. doing it. I'm yeah. doing it, right? But the passion now has come. And, you know, I mean, goodness gracious, now you, I can't stop talking about the brand, you know? Yeah. So Yeah. A lot has changed. A lot has changed, man. A
0: lot has and changed. And so from 2020 mm-hmm. to we're, you know, heading into towards the end of 2022. Yeah. It's, it's different. Oh, it's got to feel different. I mean, I've been to your space, right? You know, right. you've got a, a building. Right. And, and talk
1: about stories. I started yeah. out in my garage.
0: Yes, I remember. Then
1: from my garage, I went to a storage unit, which was a terrible move because I had to leave within two months. Oh my god! Because I didn't know you could, you couldn't work in a storage unit. So one of the workers said, "You're not. You're not doing the right thing here." Now I could have just been like, all right, whatever, I'll just, you know, close the door and do my thing, but <laughs> I want to have integrity. So from there I go well, there's to- There's people
0: who live in Storage units. Yeah, I too. know,
1: I know, it's crazy. So from there I go to another unit, and within six months, I had to get out of that unit, man, because the brand was just growing. So now being wow. in an 1100 square foot, you know, warehouse office space, man, it's like it's so great. And it's still growth taking place, you know? It's a ton of setbacks.
0: It's a nice spot. Oh,
1: man. Thank you, bro. Praise God. It's a lot of setbacks. This month has been a month of setbacks.
0: So even so, hold on. I don't want to miss that either. Okay. So even when you're at this place, yeah. where the figures are are up, yeah, the money's coming in. The right. brand. I mean, my gosh, your your social media. Praise God. Like when I went on there, like with with our with the podcast mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm, on for you, mm-hmm. I was like, geez, he's got a lot of people." <laughs> like he's got here, you know. Praise God. And man. when that that teaser went out that you did, I'm like. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I, I I know where I need to go, <laughs> and, you know, but um, right, right, right. But yeah, so there's still setbacks,
1: 100.
0: Because that's another story. Because a lot of people will have mm-hmm. the, hear these stories about mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and be mm-hmm. like, they, "I made it." No, and then they're kind of like, "Wow, like that's awesome!" And now they, you know, not they don't have any problems. They have minor problems, mm-hmm. but they're still bringing in the money. They still got the followers. Oh, they still got man. everything. So talk to me a little bit about like. Again, having setbacks even at this stage.
1: Yeah, I mean, because you know what, man? You never, I mean, at least for my industry, you know, in, in clothing, you never fully arrive. There's always going to be an issue, right? You, humans make the clothing, right? So there's going to be issues. There's going to be setbacks that take place, man. Like, even though, you know, sales are on the rise, yeah, there are still things I have to deal with on a daily basis. You got customer service. The more sales you make... The more customers you have to deal with, mm. the more returns you have to deal with, the yeah. better your customer service has to be, right? The, the more sales you make, now you bigger overhead, right? Yeah. If, if one mistake happens, and like I said, it, it's been, I've had five production runs now that have had errors on them, oh, right? Wow. So it's like, oh, man, these restocks now that should have taken place are now losses. So imagine yeah. losing like multiple figures in one month, and you're like, yo, I'm not used to losing this amount of money. Right, so it's it's
0: so you you do, have these things. Do you do you through your warehouse? So you ship everything out yourself. Yeah, everything now. now yeah, we're
1: fulfillment. Right, okay. we do fulfillment. We ship, pack all that stuff. Okay, you know, but but dealing with those now, you know, it's, yeah, it's like the the higher level you go now, the more complex the system becomes. Yeah. So, like I said, business is all about problem solving. You know, the problems will always be there, but you get better at solving them as time as time mm-hmm. goes, man. So so yeah, there's there's definitely setbacks. If anyone is listening to this and thinking, oh gosh, he's arrived, you're wrong. <laughs> you're I have not arrived, bro. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm growing, you know, but I have not arrived. And I think that's good for me because when we arrive, when we feel like we've arrived, we start to settle. Our quality starts to go down. We start yeah. to stop being lifelong learners. Right. You know, so I want to be at a place even with the brand that I'm just lifelong learning trying to, you know, meet the needs of the people well, who are in the We see that brand.
0: we see this with a lot of we, we don't just see this with companies but right. gosh, we see this like in the arts as well. 100%. You, you have a, a musician, an, a singer, songwriter, whoever, that you, a band that you really love. Yeah. And you listen to their new album and you're kind of yeah. like, oh, they're kind of coasting, you know? Like they're not really putting all, right. you could tell, you know? Right, they kind of learned so, the
1: business. and You're like, oh, I can do this and get yeah. away with it. So there's
0: this, there's this idea that it seems like you're speaking to that mm. when we mentally believe that like we've arrived yeah. and we've reached the pinnacle, yeah. you know, now I can just kind of, Coast, Coast from there. And you're saying that we need to always be pushing. One hundred percent. To be better, to do better. Hundred
1: percent, man. Yeah. Because like I said, right, we our stories, right? We're talking about narratives, right? Our stories are supposed to be ongoing. Yeah. Right. If you know, we often feel like for me the end credits happen when I when I pass. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like Ooh, for, wow. for me, for my story, it will it will continue to evolve, it will continue to, you know, um progress until the Lord takes me, man. You know, and I, I honestly feel that, you know, when it when it comes to the brand, I mean, my I always tell this, my real goal, my vision, the crazy dream for the brand is become a media company. Like I, I, yeah. I wonder we yeah. spoke about let's, that
0: let's talk a little more let's about dive that into like it. What, yeah. what do you see for his glory in the future where are you yeah. going so
1: for me the, the the t-shirts have always been a hook yes. to draw people to a honest and authentic what with God man yeah. I want people to see there's a real God out there you know and he helps us mm-hmm. right in our time of need he puts us together he mends us right so I I know in this age that we're living in bro media is running the, 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 the place yeah Right, podcasts, we're on, we're on podcasts right now. We got videos, we have content, right? Yeah, so, did you
0: hear, mm-hmm. um, they did the recent study that came out of the social media trends okay. for, I think it was Gen Zers. I mean, it was for everybody, mm-hmm. but um, what do you think the, where Gen Zers spend most of their time?
1: Oh, it gotta be on social.
0: But where specifically? Civics. Oh, probably, probably TikTok and IG? No. Where? YouTube. Stop by far, it! By far, like it wasn't YouTube. even close. Yeah, YouTube. Which for this is my point. Yeah, they're on YouTube more than they're on IG and TikTok. Yep, according to that study, at least.
1: Bro, which which goes to show that the war for for me at least the war that we're waging and war is strong, but the, for me, where you get the people, uh huh. You're not inviting folks to church no more, bro. I'm not saying that to diminish what church is. Right, right. what I'm trying to say is people are consuming videos. They're consuming this content. we got to reach people where they're at. So I want people to see a real God at church, of course, but on YouTube, let them see it there. So I want to create that content that people can consume and say, wow, okay. That's a real person. They struggle just like me. Yeah. And they still serve God faithfully. Right? So I want to engage the culture in a way where they see real people chasing after a real God, man. So that's the, that's the crazy goal before his glory, you know?
0: Shem, as we're starting to get ready to wrap up, I got kind of two final questions for okay. you. So the first one is, and by the way, this has been great. Like great I, God, I man. hope that people are really, <laughs> yeah, really man. blessed by this. Yeah, yeah. So my first question is you know, you've mentioned a couple stories. Yeah. Like uh, you mentioned the bamboo tree, yeah, for example. Yeah, What are some other stories that, as a creator, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. teacher, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to belonging, all these things that we've talked about, what are some stories that inspire you to keep going no matter what? They could be any type of stories, real stories, fictional stories. Mm. Uh, They could be anything.
1: It inspired me to keep going. It's very close to me, man. My wife's story, Mm. Sharice's story, man, has been a crazy story. And I'll give her a, Cliff's note version from her or her own privacy, right? But you know, at a young age, man, she lost both of her sisters. Mm. Right. And then to be at a place where she became a young mother, Mm -hmm. um, just if you stop there, those stats. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Those stats tell you you lose someone traumatically, you you get you get pregnant young. Yep, Yep. The stats are against you. Right, right. Automatically. To see where she's at, man, to see how she has just been so persevering, man. So, um, I I would say just so loving and kind in the midst of all of that. Yeah. It's so inspiring to me. So watching her live shows me that. Yeah. (laughs) Like if, if she can go through what she went through and still thrive, man, I know I can. Wow. I know there's a God that's working in her. The same God working in her is working in me, bro. Yeah. So that for me is huge. Like, her story, my wife's story, bro, is inspirational to me throughout, man. Wow. And I think I think this, this, this is a collective story for me is, okay. is just watching people go from nothing to something. Yeah. And the it's the rags to riches, story. The rags to riches. Yeah. And, and and to hear them always cite that they never gave up. And I know it's cliche, never yeah. give up. But seeing it, like hearing stories of like i watch shark tank a lot yeah yeah great so like kevin o'leary where he came from right you hear about like damon john where he came from like these stories of people who literally had nothing right and then what you see through their stories is like these these major pivotal points mm-hmm. where it's like at this pivot everything changed at that pivot everything changed it's like okay i'm gonna work my tail off to my next pivot yeah. Knowing that everyone's story that I've seen, bro, there's always a pivot. Yeah. So it's like I know that the Lord is faithful, right? I know that God provides those pivots. So I'm like, yeah. I'm just gonna through the failure work to my next pivot. I heard someone say this. He said, I'm gonna change your mind on the word no. He's like, if I told you that the 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 pathway to your goal. Requires 25 no's. Mm. He's like every no you hear will now excite you. Because if there's 25 no's, your first no means only 24 left. Wow. The second no means only 23 left. Yeah. So every single no now kind of boosts that anticipation. It boosts your excitement. Right? So so when I heard that story, I was like, oh snap. All these no's Are just pathways to your yes. Yeah. So, all these no's I'm getting right now in the business, all these setbacks, all these failures, they're just pathways to that success, man. So, that's what really keeps me going is knowing that eventually it'll happen. Yeah. Right? It may not happen now, but eventually it will, bro. So, just keep it
0: pushing, man. Like and stay you're, faithful. You're ministering to me right oh, now. Man. I'm you just stay sitting faithful, here man. six months into being an entrepreneur Shit, bro. and just like, you know. I think what I have to start doing now is I have to just start writing the good, the victories you down. have to. Because it could be so mm. discouraging. Yeah. And I just have to like go, okay. Yeah. Remember,
1: something yeah, good man. did happen this week. Absolutely, man. The one thing I say I know I say it was the final question, but um for me when I shifted from a mindset of Ownership to stewardship, yeah, it changed everything. Right. When you're dealing with a business, you're gonna have setbacks, right? Yeah. For me, my perspective is because God owns this business, right? Whatever happens, part of his sovereignty. I can't talk to that, Mm -hmm. right? I can't, can't look at God and say, God, hey, listen, why you do that, God? Yeah. What I can what I can say is you're allowing this to happen, Lord. Help me steward this setback mm-hmm. in a way it's going to glorify you, right? So for me, that's been the major thing, like setbacks and all. How can God be glorified through it? And as long as he's glorified, bro, I'm satisfied,
0: you know? so That's probably a good place yeah. to wrap it. Any, any final words? Any final thoughts? Anything that you want to say to our listeners out there I before do. we wrap?
1: I want to encourage you guys to celebrate your stories along the way. Yeah. I think that's the one thing I'm working on now is learning to celebrate each juncture in my story. Sometimes we want to go to this place. We want to go to this destination that we, we miss out on celebrating certain milestones that we reach. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we hit six figures, I wasn't even that happy about it because I wanted to keep going. And I'm like, man, I regret that. Like I yeah. should have sat in that and enjoyed that, right, and and shared that. And so it's it's enjoy and celebrate the stories along the way. And don't be ashamed of not always having it together in your story. Don't yeah. be ashamed of having those kinks in the story, man. Embrace those kinks because they'll come to a place where you can look back and say, yeah. "Yes, I needed." Well, it's as
0: as I've said on this podcast before, we love it when we watch other people. Right. We love it when we watch other people overcome it's the best adversity. Best part of the movies. But when it happens to us, <laughs> right? We hate it. We hate it. We hate, we hate it. it. Yeah. So it's that that shift in yeah, our thinking 100%, you know 100%, so man. that's good shem you are a dear friend oh, man. and every time we get to hang out it's always it's just always so much good fun. yeah and so, we, uh,
1: we always ask why don't we do this more often man yeah <laughs> you, know well, see, you know i'm on your podcast on
0: <laughs> right podcast. right right we're doing it we're right we're doing it. it man. so shem thank you so much man, for thank you for being on here and yeah. um listeners out there i'll include in the show notes. Uh, some ways you can connect with Forest Glory yeah. uh, on your website, yeah. Gem, and on uh, Instagram and social media yeah, yeah. as well. Check out For the Record podcast, yes, yes, and yes. Connect with this guy um, because, as you've heard <laughs> from this episode, <laughs> God's doing us. God's now. telling a story. Come on yeah, now, you know. And if you want to be part of that story, come on now. For his glory, you know, story and hey, story. glory, you gotta love it. Spoken word, there's on, some, something in there. Come man. on now, story you know? for his glory, man. Yeah, come on. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, maybe that's what we could call this episode. Ooh. I'll have to think about it. Yeah, um, but yeah, this is good, man. So, awesome, and, bro. and everyone out there, um, join us next week, uh, as we do an episode of Narrative 101 and we talk about this idea of being decentered yet influential. Ooh, yeah. So Ooh. Yeah. So you don't want to miss that one. I don't. <laughs> so come out to come what? out to that. <laughs> Thanks for the enthusiasm. Yeah, he sent him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 going to be a good one cuz we want it to uh, we want to make it all about us sometimes, you know. And even as entrepreneurs, we're tempted to make it all about us. So Yeah, so join us in that <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Join us next week for another episode of all things there. this is your friendly narrative practitioner, Derek and Shem Francis of 40 yeah. glory. signing <laughs> off, saying thank you and take care.